Hello and welcome to another episode of Fretman's Podcast. I'm your host, Fretman. And on today's episode, we interview the drummer from Rosen Cigarettes and the band The North. That is drummer Ted Kelleher. Welcome, Ted. Thanks for having me. to the Fretman Podcast. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. It's an honor and pleasure. And Likewise. you were the drummer for Rosen Cigarettes and also yeah. the band North. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a great, great experience uh, working with both those bands, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of everything we did. Definitely a lot of accomplishments. Um, a lot of, uh, milestones were, were checked off, uh, the boxes of, of the things I want to accomplish in life. So it was, uh, it was a good time. Uh, right now I'm playing with a few other bands, um, you know, working on some other projects, uh, doing the best I can to, you know, keep the, keep the music, Music flowing. You originally are from Boston, correct? Yeah, that's right. Don't don't ask me any sports trivia because I, I won't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll stay off the sports trivia All questions. Right. All right. Um, did you play music out there in Boston as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I started taking lessons at the corner music store when I was about 12. And uh, coincidentally, a few other kids that I went to elementary school with took guitar and bass lessons at that that same place and then um when i got into junior high the three of us decided to form a band i think we're in 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 eighth grade um and i moved out here with uh, those two dudes and you know started playing music but i guess i skipped over a whole chapter yeah uh, i played music with them in boston um Probably until, I guess, 2004, I guess, um, 2004, 2006, something like that. But yeah, we played together, the three of us, all through those years, different bands, different uh, other members and front men. Then uh, in 2007, we decided to move to L.A. and played <laughs> again with other members and other singers and all that. Um during uh, the time of the North, um, the guitarist, uh, Jamie, that I moved out here with, had to move back to Boston, but I continued with uh, Dennis, who was in the band. But, um, but yeah, the, the North uh, broke up, uh, I think it's close, I feel like it's close to a year ago. But, but like I said, I'm, I'm proud of, of everything we achieved, you know, it was great. And then along the road is when I met um, roses and cigarettes. And of course there's that, that Boston or, or Massachusetts connection there with, with Jenny. Um, but yeah, sometimes I feel like there are more Boston people that I meet out here than, than Californians. It's kind of funny, but I don't know. We, uh, Boston people, I guess, uh, stick together. Does someone in your family play music or you're kind of a... The yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my, my brother started playing guitar for about a year before I started taking drum lessons. And, you know, I, I grew up playing sports and it was kind of like, oh, wait, music is something I can do too. And it just sort of opened up this whole world. So I didn't want to be just like my brother and, and play guitar. Uh, so I chose to play drums and uh, we were in cover bands and all that stuff. Um, actually, the the bassist that I was mentioning that I played in a ton of bands with and moved out here with, he was in those cover bands with my brother as well. Um, 
after I started taking drum lessons, I found out my dad was a drummer, which I, I don't know if it was like a family secret or something, but yeah, I found out after the fact, which was kind of amazing. And um, my grandfather uh, played acoustic guitar and harmonica. So yeah, there was, there was music in the family growing up. Some of my fondest memories uh, were Christmas parties or holiday parties, my, my grandfather playing Silent Night on the harmonica or just, you know, going, going camping with him and, you know, being around the fire and him busting out the acoustic guitar and just, you know, singing some, some classic jams. It was, it was great. So, yeah, somewhere deep in my blood, it, it was always there, but I didn't realize it until I was about 12 years old. So 12 years old is when your love affair of uh, drums started then. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was short-lived for a moment. Um, I don't know if it was because of the teacher I had or I just wasn't committed. But um, yeah, I took lessons for a few months and then I was like, nah, I don't like this. And then after a few months later, I was like, ah, I think I want to try it again. And I'm, I'm glad I went back, you know, because I've been doing it the, the rest of my life. Or I have been since then and plan to do it the rest of my life. So Now, do you recall when you acquired your first drum set? Um, not exactly. I, I do remember setting up, like literally setting up pots and pans and, and banging on those, uh, to practice. And, um, I remember my best friend growing up, um, got a hold of one single drum and two cymbals that were together as a hi-hat, which they weren't meant to be a hi-hat. I think that they were like two crashes. And, um, he knew that, that I was into drums and he's like, Oh dude, like I, I just found that his, his dad like flipped houses or something. And it was just like something that was left over. He was like, Oh dude, my dad brought this home or whatever. Like you, you have it cause you like the drums. And so I ended up practicing after, after that on that one, <laughs> one Tom Tom drum and these two crash, <laughs> crash cymbals that I used as a hi-hat. Um, and then I remember what my first drum set was. It was a T, a silver TKO drum set, <laughs> um, which is like bottom of the line, you know, perfect for for beginners, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was so cool once once I got that, and I, I still used that that hi hat that I had with that that drum set. Yeah. Uh, that must have been maybe I'm trying to think, you know. 98, 97, 98. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what uh, your first song that you learned? Um, yes. Um, I'd say it was Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. They were one of my favorite bands growing up. Definitely a huge inspiration. Um, I wanted to be the drummer, Larry Mullen. Larry Mullen? Yep. Yeah, but I would do with my hair like him and, <laughs> you know, pop my collar up on my shirt and all that. I thought he was the coolest. I still do, actually. He is the coolest. Um, yeah, I remember learning that song. And I remember playing a lot of um, Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? And uh, Doors songs. Those, that's kind of like what I got my start on. Yeah. Now that you mentioned uh, U2 and... Mm -hmm. uh, Lenny Kravis. Yeah. As a child growing up, what's one of the songs that you remember? 
Um, oh boy. Um, probably. Mm, I'm. Oh man. All right. One of the songs I remember is. Um, <laughs> I can't remember it now. <laughs> it's Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, my, my dad also got me into a lot of music too. And, um, classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, why can't I think of the freaking name of it? And we, we covered it with roses and cigarettes too. Um, whole lot of love, Rain? Jesus Christ, oh. a whole lot of love, <laughs> whole lot of love. Well, the ring. Yeah. Definitely remember a whole lot of love. Um, my dad introduced me to that album and I remember when my brother got the CD and he had one of those cool like three disc CD players and the headphones he had hooked up to it were actually my, my dad's headphones that he used in like the, the 70s as a kid. And I don't know if he felt a sense of pride because uh, I was listening to Led Zeppelin with his headphones that he actually had in college when he was growing up. And I remember him saying to me something along the lines of, um, you know, I, I listened to that Led Zeppelin album so many times that, you know, I, I'm surprised those headphones still still work. Um, but yeah, like Led, Led Zeppelin blew my mind. Were you inspired by the drums on that, on that album? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Any, anything Bonham was inspirational to me. And as a kid, it was like, what the hell is he playing? Like, it sounds so cool. Like I'll never be able to do that. And a lot of it, I I still can't do, but I, I can at least understand what it is he's playing it, but how he's playing it or the technique he's using still, still takes a lot of time to practice. However, there is, a Instagram video that you just posted. Yeah. You're practicing uh, your double kick. Right. And there's a squeaky noise. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if you listen to Led Zeppelin, if you listen to it on high-definition high uh, speakers, mm-hmm. you will hear the yeah. squeaking yeah. of the kick drum. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I made, I made reference to that in, in, the, in the post. Um, yeah, he used uh, a Ludwig Speed King. And uh, the the spring action was um, it was it was inside uh, a part of the bass drum pedal, so you couldn't easily access it. You know, you couldn't like oil it. You'd have to like take, take the pedal, yeah, take the pedal apart. So yeah, the the Speed Kings earned the nickname the Squeak King. Now, do you remember your first concert you attended? Um, first concert I attended, it might have actually been a U two concert. I think it was their their pop tour. Um, pop yeah, yeah, Pop Mart, yeah. I was with my brother and some of his friends, and it was at um, Gillette Stadium. And maybe it wasn't even Gillette then. I, I don't. I don't even remember. Uh, but yeah, we were nosebleed, but it was still fantastic because they, you know, put on the whole light show and all that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. In Boston, we we got to play some renowned clubs. Um, we opened on a side stage for uh, Poison at the Tweeter Center, which was wow. <laughs> which was 
pretty cool, you know, being like late teens, early 20s or whatever it was. Um, in L.A., we got to open for uh, Trapped on the main stage at the House of Blues in Anaheim before it moved and um, in L.A. before they tore it down. Um, yeah, those are probably our, our biggest shows. But even even playing, you know, like the the Viper Room or Slide Bar, like it's it's still a great time. Like I, I love that. You know, some there's something about the intimate atmosphere. You know, especially when the the crowd's really digging it and and you can see their faces. You know, that's it's magic, man. What would be one of your best venues that you've performed at? Uh, your Vi favorite. Yeah, Viper Room is probably one of my favorites. Uh, the people there are really cool. Uh, it always sounds great. Uh, definitely a lot of history there. Cool spot. I like it. There's uh, the Cave and Big Bear. Oh, yeah. is a lot of fun, too. Um, it always sounds great. Uh, the crowd is always responsive. Um, they've treated me very well. And it's a paying gig. So <laughs> musicians, if you can make it to the cave, you know, prepare an hour set, you know, because that's what they want. But uh, yeah, if you want to get some money in your pocket or be able to pay for your hotel room, play there. Now, did you have any issues with uh, the altitude? You were okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was okay. I was okay. Um, I think uh, you can easily, easily forget uh, how high up you are and you know if you have too many beers or if you're running around or what have you it might might catch up with you quickly but I was always okay actually one of the times I played there I was I was really sick with the flu and that that was that was tough but I, I pulled through I remember I just gathered up all my might to make it through the show and as soon as it was done I was like all right guys I'm going <laughs> going back to to bed as you were growing up playing or even now that you're performing and you're performing with a lot of good musicians, do you have any mentors or any inspirations that inspire you or guide you? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely the, you know, the ones from my childhood, um, John Bonham, Dan Carey, Danny Carey, uh, Neil Peart. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my pulse as much as I can on other younger artists as well. And um, um, I'm going to uh, check out this band on Thursday called Fever 333 or Fever 333. They're playing at the, the Regent and their, their drummer's fantastic. I'd, I'd butcher his name. So I don't, I'm going to spare myself that embarrassment. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, Younger dude, but terrific on drums. So he's someone I can say I, I look up to. Um, but even, you know, as I get older and I guess more laid back, um, I don't need to listen to or find inspiration from such heavy, hard-hitting drummers. You know, I've, I've um, started, um, I guess, studying uh, people like Benny Greb or Jojo Mayer more because I'm, you know, I'm more interested in, in finesse these days opposed to like slamming away like Dave Grohl style, you know? It's interesting you mentioned, you know, these old school jazz players that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, 
they are very finessed. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they do, you know, hold a, a rhythm that most of us don't even consider it until you've been playing for a while. And it's like, wait a right. minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even some of the big band drummers like um, uh, Gene Krupa um, or Chick Webb, yeah. you know, um, I, I've been listening to them more, you know, in the past five years or so than I ever have my, my whole life. Um, and, and it's interesting because a lot of their, their tricks and playing style, I feel like is, it's coming back around with, with some players now, which is, which is good to see. But yeah, it's, it's cool, uh, when you come across, um, you know, certain innovations and, and new playing styles and techniques. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always looking for inspiration every day, you know? Um, and I feel like now with social media, it's a lot easier to, to find stuff like music is so saturated, but at the same time, there's, there's a lot more um, interesting things happening that are, you know, that's right at your, your fingertips. You know, if, uh, I don't know, like Jimi Hendrix came out today, um, would he be so important with, with all this. right way. yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly i mean definitely a, a pioneer you know definitely a, a trailblazer but who inspired a lot of what we see now but if he came out today like you know how much influence would would that have yeah. do you mind if we go to a little softer side of uh, yeah. what's going on yeah of course um i know you play with roses and cigarettes mm-hmm. how much of an impact was jenny Um, on a personal level, a, a a huge impact. Um, you know, we, uh, shared a, a strong connection just, um, just on a, on, I don't know, like, all right, I'll, I'll just give you some examples instead of trying to, to explain it. Um, the cute, funny connection is my name's Ted and her dog his name is Teddy so there, there was that she didn't name her dog Teddy but when she got her dog it was already named Teddy um, the other is um, my son's uh, middle name is Orion which I chose for him after the, the constellation and um, just in a, a conversation one night over some pizza uh, after practice it, it came up that I named him Orion and she's like, Oh, of course, of course you, you wanted to name your son Orion and, and his middle name is Orion because that was my favorite constellation when I was growing up because I was a dancer. And to me, that constellation looked like, looked like a, a dancer in the sky. So yeah. So there, there was just these, these little connections that, that I don't think were coincidence, but I, I feel like there was a reason why, you know, aside from music, that that I got to meet her and be a part of Roses and Cigarettes. Um, so yeah, huge huge impact on on me, and and even Roses and Cigarettes as as a band um, had a, a huge impact on me as well. You know, like like I mentioned earlier, uh, there were some venues that I dreamed of playing, and I got the chance to to do that with them. Um, there is music that I probably never would have listened to if it wasn't for roses and cigarettes, you know, they definitely broadened my horizons. 
So yeah, it was a fantastic experience. experience. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's yeah, and I'll cherish it forever. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny was a fantastic person, you know, and she loved so many people and so many people loved her as well, you know, all, all music aside, you know, and she, she's missed for sure. She will be missed. Yes. Yeah, but she'll, she'll live on forever through roses and cigarettes. That's right. You know, her, her voice can always be heard. Which is a beautiful thing. Another beautiful thing about music, you know. Yeah. She's she's eternalized through through music. That is true. Yeah. That's true. Now, uh, when you play with your band, The North, yeah. Uh, your lead uh, singer, what's mm -hmm. his name? Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Does he sound like? Um, <laughs> Say uh, it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was playing it earlier, and my wife's like, "Oh, is that the new new song by?" Um, Lost the name of the band already. Um, we've gotten uh, Pearl Jam. Yes. We've gotten we've gotten Creed. We've gotten I think even Nickelback before. Um, the early Nickelback. Yeah. It did sound like you know. Yeah. Well, my wife thought it was Pearl Jam. I'm like, no, it's you know, I'm you know, I'm doing my research on you and trying to right. find out more about you and yeah, you know what bands you've played and all that and yeah. And she's like, wow, that sounds pretty good. That's funny. I'm like, no, it's not him. Yeah. And I can't think of the guy uh, for um, Pro Jam. Uh, Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, Eddie. yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because um, I was a huge Pearl Jam fan growing up. But um, Ryan, he never really listened to, to much Pearl Jam. But people people always make that that connection. Um which is is comical, I, I think, in in some ways, comical and and ironic. Um, yeah, the the North had had a great run. I'm proud of everything we did, uh, especially um, our last album. Uh, the music videos we did were fantastic. You know, definitely definitely a great experience. But um, if there are any any musicians out there listening, looking for for a drummer, definitely definitely hit me up. Um, you know, I'm I'm always uh, down to, to jam at least, you know, um, on Instagram at Ted Kelleher drums. There drop, you go. <laughs> drop me a line. <laughs> now, uh, switching over to creative process. Yeah. Um, most of the time, do you play whatever song they have in mind or do you uh, try to venture out and kind of create your own beat and, kind of get the rhythm going for the band. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's interesting because every band I find has a different process. Um, you know, playing with the the same guitarist and, and bass player for many years, it was it was usually like the guitarist would have an idea and then we would kind of build off of that. Um, there's been times when when I've been asked, oh, like, let's, let's start with, with the drums. Like, what do you have, Ted? But usually, you know, off the bat, my, my beats are pretty simplistic. You know, I, I, I try and keep my playing, um, I guess, minimal. You know, if I don't have to do a drum fill, then I won't do a drum fill. Um, but now with technology, I'm finding more and more, um, players will send me Dropbox uh, demos of, of what they have with pre-recorded drums on it, 
which, which can be challenging because if I hear something that already has drums on it, I'm going to want to play what, what I'm hearing, you know, it, it just, yeah, you know, it influences what, what I would choose to play. Um, so, uh, in some, some situations, you know, guitarist, bass player, whoever would be like, Oh, like, don't, don't worry about the, the samples, just play whatever comes naturally to you, do it your way. Well, it's like, well, you kind of ruin that, you know, right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. So next time just, just send, you know, the... What you have. Right, right, exactly, you know. I'll fill in the blank. Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, so there's that. But then, you know, as far as practicing, you know, I have a lot of books that I still use. YouTube is fantastic for, you know, uh, different... I don't know, any, anything you're trying to look up, just YouTube <laughs> it, you know, it's you'll find something. It's there. Like so you would say 30 minutes before a show, what do you do then? Oh, what, um, what are you doing? So, yeah, show days, I, I kind of like to keep to myself. Um, you know, where, where the other guys uh, usually like to mingle or be out with the crowd or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll grab a beer, but I, I like to be backstage kind of like not meditating per se, but, you know, just just keeping my, my wits about me, um, you know, warming up or whatever. So, yeah, just low key um there have been times if there's not like a green room or anything i'll just sit in my car by myself and just chill out you know probably not even listening to any music or anything like that you know just kind of getting in the zone before a show how about after the show what do you do after you load it and and got all your gear out after the show um how do you unwind yeah i mean i'll I'll definitely have some drinks and and hang out with with the crowd you know it's it's more party time for me after after you know playing is is all done but there there is the packing up all my gear so i have to be quick with that and then right to the bar grab a round of drinks unwind you know tell me how cool i looked up there (laughs) (laughs) how great it sounded you know just shower me with compliments no i'm kidding um but yeah you know i'm i'm a beer drinker so I look forward to that that part of the night. <laughs> Especially when the house pays for it, right? Right, exactly. Again, which is which is rare. But um yeah, the cave offers a bar tab. Uh Rusty's Surf Ranch in Santa Monica, they'll they'll give you a bar tab. Um sometimes you, you have to ask though. Like they'll have one for the band, but if you don't say anything, like they'll just stay quiet. Right, exactly. Now, what's your favorite part of uh, this line of work? Um, my favorite part of... Besides the drumming. Oh, besides the drumming? Besides, like, being on stage and playing the show? Because that, that's ultimately, like, my, that's, my yeah, favorite that's... part. Uh, recording can be fun. Um, the creative process is fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to being in a band, it's like any... Relationship, I guess you know, because that's that's what it is. So, um, I guess you could ask yourself, like, what what's the best part of being in a relationship? You know, like, there's a honeymoon period, there's traveling. You know, these are these are all things you get to do in a band as well. You know, um, and either you bond and stay together forever, or <laughs> decide to go your separate ways. So, you know, and. Um, you know, that's, that's life. That's how things happen. So, but 
yeah, I'm still still playing music. Um, I don't know if you know the band uh, The Chimps at all. No. They're kind of like a, a rap metal thing. Um, but my most recent project is with the guitarist from their band, um, Carrie is his name. Um, yeah, we're we're so new right now. We don't have a, a band name, but we're we're actually writing songs with another um, singer and guitarist who live in Vegas. So again, wow. yeah. So again, with um, <laughs> yeah, technology and Dropbox, we can send them ideas. They can send us ideas, and you know, write a song together in in different states. You know, like in real time, which is which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing now. Yeah, what yeah, you can do. Yeah, it sure is. But it, it's cool. Now, with your quest for tone or the perfect tone, mm. I know that's 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 always a hard one, especially for guitarists and drummers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about bass players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is have you you think you found that tone that you've been chasing, looking for? Um. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, there's a company out of Fullerton, Salt Drums, uh, that's owned by Sean Ryan. And this dude is a genius. And he um, concocted this recipe. Like, all right, so drums can be made of different kinds of, of layers of wood. And the way you stack or incorporate those woods, it's called the recipe. So I, I learned this from, from him. So he has a recipe for EQing drums. And I, I think I have the first and only EQ drum set, salt drum set. He's, he's done snares for other people. But, um, yeah, I think my, my kit is the first and only. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful kit. Uh, it has a cymbal flake finish literally made from soul tone symbols, uh, which is another fantastic company if you're talking about tone. They have such a wide variety of symbols. You can you can go to their warehouse in Encino and just test out what they have. Uh, it's really, really, really convenient. Um, but yeah, then, you know, there are the drum heads you choose and all that, and there can be a lot of trial and, and error um, because, you know, once you make the purchase, you you have to stick with it, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, tone tone is interesting for drummers because I find that's one of the things that makes a drummer popular is how they play and the tone that they have. You don't necessarily have to be the be, be the best drummer, um, but what the drummer sounds like if that's different than other drummers that are out there, I think you'll be able to, to make a name for, for yourself. You know, there's this ongoing debate that that you can probably just, just Google it or, if, um, you know, people will have, have their opinions, but um, I'll talk about uh, Ringo Starr, for example. Some people love Ringo Starr. Some people go, oh, he sucks. But to me, he's the perfect drummer for the Beatles and he's a terrific drummer in general because of how he plays and the tone he had. You can take any other drummer in the world and you'd be able to pinpoint Ringo Starr 
from any other drummer because of how he played and the sound he used. Another drummer that gets a lot of flack is uh, Lars Ulrich. You know, I hear more and more, oh, he, he has no time, he sucks, this and that. But even if that's true, no one else plays like him. No one else sounds like him. And so everyone, you know, again, you'll be able to pinpoint his drums over any other metal drummer. And that's, that, that's, I don't want to say it's the name of the game, but it, it'll, it'll take you far. No, it's it's almost like a fingerprint. Yes, each drummer has his own fingerprint, Love and it. yes, you can tell who's who by listening to, right? You know, by them performing and the way they 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 hit their doubles or triples. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a perfect analogy, and um, you know, salt drums is is helping me <laughs> create my my fingerprint. Now, as far as gear, and we got your drum set, mm-hmm. your sticks. What type of sticks do you use? Um, Los Cabos is the, the company, uh, that, that I choose and I, I use a variety of, of their drumsticks. Um, but they're, I know, before I get into that, their, their customer service is great. Um, the, <laughs> the guy I speak to is, is Philip and he's the, the nicest dude in the world. And we, we actually had this, this recent exchange, um, where he was just a, a super cool dude about about the whole thing. There, there was a little confusion and whatnot, but but anyway, customer service is, is on point. Super nice people. Um, so aside from the quality of of their their merchandise, uh, just the people you you deal with are quality as well. So that that goes a long way in my book. Um, but yeah, I use. Um, uh, I can never remember if they're 8A or 3A sticks, but for the heavy stuff, I'll use those. I want to say they're 8As. Uh, they have a ball tip, um, very comfortable. Um, for a little more finesse, I'll use 5As. Um, and for the roses and cigarette skigs or, or you know lighter stuff, I'll use their, their jazz drumsticks. Um, all, all wood tip, uh, white hickory. They they have red hickory drumsticks too, which I think that they're the only company that makes red hickory drumsticks. And the uh, the beauty of of the red hickory drumstick is that the wood is more elastic, so it's it's more durable. So your your sticks will will last longer. But I've been playing white hickory my whole life, so that's just what's what's comfortable for me. But if you have the chance, try try a pair of Los Cabos red hickory drumsticks. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're a fantastic company. They're they're out of uh, Canada, actually. Oh, Canadian! So yeah. you know it's good wood. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who would you say is your rock and roll uh, hero? One one thing that's kind of stuck with me over the years, you know, just being a, a U two fan, and I know. Bono is another one, like either you love Bono or, or you hate Bono. But he we, was talking. We love Bono in this case. <laughs> okay, all right. Nice. We're big fans. <laughs> nice. Um, I remember watching an interview with him where he was talking about the the fly character that he created for the the Octoon Baby or the the Zoo TV tour. And I, I just thought that that concept was was so cool. He was talking about how he had on Jim Moore, you know, figuratively, he had on Jim Morrison's pants, you know, Jim Morrison's leather pants 
and he had Elvis's hairdo and Elvis Costello sunglasses, you know, that, 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 that kind of thing. Um, or, or no, I'm sorry. Maybe he said Lou Reed sunglasses, but anyway, the idea or the, the fact that he found inspiration in these artists and took a, you know, bits and pieces from each one and then created this new character, which was inspirational to a whole other generation. I, I thought that that was, was really cool. And I guess being a drummer, you know, not being able to be the, the front man, um, you know, I, I try to incorporate that into my, my style and playing as, as much as I can, even though I'm hidden behind a bunch of uh, cymbals and, and tom-toms. That's kind of hard to play with leather pants back then, wouldn't it? <laughs> In high school, I had a pair of leather pants. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd still wear them today if I could. Or pleather. Maybe they were pleather. Pleather. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, like I said, I wanted to be Larry Mullen. I, I, want, I wanted to be every member of you two at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They're still, still the coolest. They're, they're like, uh, they're, yeah, they were the Rolling Stones of, of, of our generation. It you know? is, yeah. it is. And a lot of people kind of don't understand that. It's like, you right. know, we grew up listening to them. Like I tell my dad, you grew up listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Right. You know, it's just, you know, they're my age. Right. <laughs> and when our kids are listening to stuff that we think is garbage, we, you know, just have to remind ourselves, okay, this is the, the you know, the, the Beatles of, of their generation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, what song are you playing on your car right now? What do you, what uh, my, <laughs> funny you ask, because my radio is broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, uh, if I had a radio, uh, well, I mentioned I just bought the um, Foo Fighters' first album today. And, uh, Which, that was their demo, actually, to yeah. start out with. Yeah, yeah, he that's right. He did all that out of his house in uh, Seattle. Yeah. His parents' house. Yeah, that's right. House. Yeah, yeah, he played all, all the instruments. Yeah, and um, I, I remember being a kid when, when that came out. Um, that summer, I was uh, vacationing in, in Cape Cod with my family, and I, I picked up, it, it might have even been the cassette, but it could have been the CD, but I picked it up. My brother was like, oh, no, don't don't buy that. You know, making me feel like it was it was garbage. And, you know, him being my older brother, I was like, oh, okay, I won't. I won't. But later to find out, he didn't want me to buy it because he wanted to buy it himself. <laughs> he wouldn't be cool if I got the album before him. Oh, you know, so he, this, this is a big brother issue. Yeah, there. exactly. Oh, he he did that a few times with me, uh, you know. But, how um, dare he do that? I know. Me. Typical older brother status. I'll, I'll never forgive him that. You want to tell me anything right now that you're on this podcast? Owen, I love you, but you got the best of me. Um, a few times, too. He did that with uh, one of the Cranberries albums as well. Oh, yeah, geez. yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Foo Fighters, uh, Cream's Greatest Hits I picked up today for Record Store Day. Um, so, yeah, I would be listening to those in the car right now. Ginger awesome. Baker, another wild drummer. Again, no one else sounds like him. No one else played like him. You know, that's why why it stands out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you read books? Um, I do. I do. Um, What's your current book? My, my favorite, I'll talk about my favorite book is uh, Pathway to Bliss by Joseph Campbell. And I, I want to read it again. Um, 
I just took it out of my my library and it's it's on my bedroom floor right now and hopefully I'll I'll open it up soon. But um, yeah, Joseph Campbell is is my favorite author. And uh, if you get a chance to pick up Pathway to Bliss, it's it's just fantastic. His his outlook on life and his his philosophies and theories on life and just the idea that um, you know to get to where you're supposed to be, you can't follow someone else's path. You can't follow someone else's trail. You need to do it your, your, your own way, you know, and whatever way that is, it's just the way it's, it's meant to be. And I, I love that, that way of thinking. But thank you very much. Yeah. My, my pleasure. Awesome. My pleasure. Um, if I can, if I can just give one more plug. Yes. Um, there's this new uh, tribute band that, I think is brilliant. If you can check out uh, Tenacious V Official on Instagram, I'll just just give it a look. Okay, we'll definitely do. Cool. And uh, if there's any uh, bands out there looking for a drummer, where can they reach you? Uh, at Ted Kelleher Drums. There you go. Uh, also on Instagram, they can hit you a message. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just just DM me. I'm pretty good at, at responding. I'm always on my phone if I'm not playing. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at anchor.fm backslash Fretman's podcast. I'd like to thank Ted Kelleher for allowing us to interview him at the house under the bridge. That's right. We literally are in a house under a bridge in downtown LA. And don't forget, somewhere in some place, when you least expect it, you will hear that one song that will forever change your life. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.